0: Would you like to become a fascinating personality, break free from plateaus, and gain power over your mental resources and your full potential? You came to the right place. Welcome to a magical journey to yourself. This show is made in Germany. If you like the show, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or PureMindMagic.club. Welcome to Season 1, Shaping Your reality. And here is your host, international magician, speaker, and book author, Victoria Mavis.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Pure Mind Magic, inspiring you today with another great guest from the United States. Today I got a female PhD on my show and she calls herself an active mindset specialist. Her name is Rachel Haslin, and we will talk about mindset, hypnosis, retools of release, and a lot of other things that I'm sure can really improve your life. Welcome, Rachel. Hello there, Victoria. One correction I want to make, I do not actually
0: have a PhD. Uh, One of the challenges with being raised by a psychologist is that I learned so many things growing up that going back to school in order to get the letters after my name, I decided wasn't something that I wanted to do. I wanted to focus more on personal exploration, research and discovery and working with others to see how could I help them in my own way.
1: Oh, I see. But you see, I had the impression that you are such a smart woman that I connected that in my brain (laughs) with my perception that I did read something of a PhD. But okay, so we got it correctly now. You don't have the title, but I'm sure you have so much knowledge you can share. It comes really close to having this title. I like to think so. Okay, great. So, um, Rachel, for those of my listeners who don't know you yet, can you introduce yourself a little? Uh,
0: My name is Rachel S. Heslin. I grew up, as I mentioned, in a household that was immersed in psychology. My father was learning to become a clinical psychologist as I was a child. And whenever he learned something new, he would come home and not only try it out on me and my brother, but he would explain to us what it was that he was doing. Because of this... I was introduced to concepts from neuro-linguistic programming, parts work, how to view the human mind. When I was a child, it became part of how I look at the world. I think the most important thing that I gained from that was what psychologists call the observer, we go through life, we do things, we see things, we feel things, and most people just see themselves as, well, this is who I am, and this is how it is. Because I had that observer part of me, I could look not just at what was going on around me, but I could look at How am I responding to it? What am I feeling? I could assess and analyze my reactions to things separately from the reactions themselves. I am driven by a sense of curiosity. Why do people do the things that they do? I mean, you look around us and you can see people doing things that look like they're actually hurting themselves. Why would people do things that are not in their best interests? And this has always fascinated me. And I've been on a lifelong quest to understand what was actually going on. One of my father's mentors was Dr. Milton H. Erickson. And what I gained from his philosophy is that everything we do is actually, it has a positive purpose, even if the execution appears negative on the outside. The other part of his philosophy that really drives me is, I guess you could call it not just the belief, but the faith that each of us, does have all the resources we need in order to have wonderful, amazing, and happy lives. We may just not be able to access those resources at a given time. Therefore, when I'm working with clients or writing my books, I don't see it as... I am the expert and I will teach you how to do what you need to do in order to be happy. Instead, I see my role is helping act almost as a translator and a mirror to say, hey, you actually do have the power within you. These things that you're doing, these habits that you keep re- repeating, they actually have a purpose. And once you understand how they're trying to protect you or what they're trying to do, then you can now access other opportunity. What other possibilities do you have for choices? How can you do things differently? that are stemming from your own needs, your own desires, your own heart. And I help people connect with the fullness of their own power merely by shifting how they look at themselves and how they look at the world.
1: Wow, that sounds really fantastic, Rachel, and it kind of reminds me of myself because I grew up with magic. I had the first contact with magic when I was just four years old, and this kind of shaped my life and became my destiny. So I can imagine how you felt with all this psychology stories and things things as a child, because as you said, in this early stage Or when we relate to Erikson, it is like we are in trance until we are seven years old and everything that we experience and happens really has a deep impact on our subconscious mind. What would you say? Oh, definitely. I've actually I've had some discussions
0: with some friends who didn't quite understand what the trance state is. Uh, I have one friend who is very skip, skeptical, skeptical, saying, Well, hypnosis is just a bunch of hocus pocus and it's not real. And it's like, Well, actually, what hypnosis does is it acts as an interface between the conscious and subconscious mind. I mean, most people don't realize what a natural process this is. Roughly every 90 minutes, the human brain goes into a trance state. It's kind of like the the different parts of the brain need to go off and have a, a team meeting and talk <laughs> amongst themselves. I mean, you you may have experienced this if you're driving in your car and it's a, a part of the road that you've been through many times. All of a sudden, it's like you come back to yourself and you don't remember driving the last five, 10 miles because your mind was elsewhere. That's generally a, just a natural trance state. And what a skilled hypnotherapist or hypnotist can do is help trigger the mind to shift into that state on a deliberate basis rather than just waiting for it to do it on its own. And it's, a, it's an excellent way to kind of bypass the gatekeepers of the conscious thinking brain and go straight to the heart and the beliefs and the of the subconscious which end up driving most of what we actually think and do.
1: Oh that was very well explained Rachel. So can you tell us where exactly you would put the difference between stage hypnosis, what a lot of people know, and some of my magician colleagues do, like bringing people on stage to doing things they don't really want and being ridiculous for the audience. And then there is this very powerful hypnosis tool in solving traumata or other things in your subconscious mind. So where is the difference and where can hypnosis really help people to live a better life? There's, it's primarily
0: a difference of intensity and depth. With hypnosis, You talk about doing things, things people don't want to do. It's not so much things that they don't want to do, so much as things that they would not ordinarily allow themselves to do. It's not like you take over somebody's mind and you're controlling them like a robot. With hypnosis on, with with stage hypnosis, it's more a matter of relaxing the gatekeeper as I call it enough to not have so many inhibitions to go to that place of releasing the thought of consequences so often when we're dealing with people we think oh what would people think what should I do is this appropriate and when you're working with a stage hypnotist What they do is they allow you to let go of that inner chatter that's questioning, should I do this, should I do that, and allows you to just relax into that state of being. In a way, it's becoming more present in the current moment. Experiencing right now. And letting go of what has come before and what might come after, and just being in the moment and saying, Okay, let's go with this. Let's play. Let go of the fears and simply be in this moment. And it's, it is very similar to being in a flow state. When you're working with therapeutic hypnosis, it is a much deeper type of release it can it requires a feeling and a situation of safety when you're on stage in a front in front of a whole bunch of people it is very difficult to feel safe enough to allow yourself to open deeply deeply enough to get to trauma which has been very deeply hidden to get to the foundation of core beliefs that were established when you were a child. When you're in a therapeutic setting, it is important for the therapist to create that place of safety, of relaxation, of allowing the client to know that it's okay that they can relax and allow their mind to open to those innermost places of pain, of fear, to allow the therapist to very gently nurture them and encourage them and plant seeds of healing beneath the surface that can grow and bloom throughout the client's life.
1: Wow, fantastic picture, I would say, and very clear what is what. So I like to compare it with being on holiday because normally when you are on holiday, you feel another form of relaxation and it's easier to open up to be open to meet new people have new ideas because you are not in this kind of stress situation the everyday life with all that so it's easier uh, to relax
0: definitely it's um the fun part (laughs) or the the challenging part is how do we incorporate that feeling of being on holiday as part of our day-to-day lives? How do we deliberately install uh, rituals, routines, habits that bring back that sense of peace and relaxation and openness so that we can weave it into our regular lives so that we can tap into those feelings while we're at work, while we are dealing with our families, with our relationships, with paying the bills? How do we thread that? fun and playfulness and openness into our lives.
1: Yes, that is a magical question. So, Rachel, do you have any tips on that, how we could approach that?
0: One of the things that I have found very useful is bookending my days in kind of meditation and preparation. In the mornings, I love going for a walk in nature. Sometimes I will listen to a guided meditation or music that inspires me. Sometimes I'll just listen to the birds. Try to become present in my body and feel the sun on my skin and look at the trees and the sky. And have myself open to a sense of something larger than who I am tap into those feelings of love, of gratitude, of joy. I want to set an intention for my day. Imagine going through my day with this sense of curiosity and love. If I start my day out that way, some physical activity, getting my body moving, setting that intention for love and kind of clearing away the cobwebs and starting out that way. It makes for a more solid foundation that I can then remember when life itself starts getting challenging.
1: Yes, that makes and, perfectly sense.
0: Then at the end of the day, I sit down, I journal, I look back on my day, say, okay, what have I accomplished? What have I done? What have I felt? What am I grateful for? What things happened today that made me feel good? What things did I do that I'd like to improve on in the future? Kind of an assessment in a warm, loving setting of intentions way, a compassionate acknowledgement, what I've done and what I have yet to do. I also like planning, what do I want to accomplish the next day? What are the tasks that will move me forward that I want to do? By setting this intention the night before, it makes it easier waking up in the morning and getting started on the day.
1: Yes, I think that's really a good tip.
0: I I really I like seeing things in terms of rituals. Um I, I think we mentioned one of my books that's out is Rituals of Release: How to Make Room for Your New Life. The reason I like rituals it's It's twofold. One of them is, I think that we need to bring in that sense of the sacred into our regular lives. By having rituals, it helps us stop being so busy. Our society places so much importance on doing, gotta be doing, do more, get, be busier, get more done. We forget that we are human beings. We need to set aside time to stop, to breathe, to reconnect with being kind of back to the clearing away the cobwebs. Rituals can help remind us, yes, there is more to living than simply go, 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 go.
1: Yes, that is the, true.
0: The other reason that I like rituals is because there are some deeply emotional aspects of our lives that can be scary our emotions run very deep and sometimes it we're afraid that if we allow ourselves to actually feel them they're going to take over they will overwhelm us and we will drown sometimes i mean often it has to do with loss with grief with letting go and we are afraid that if we allow ourselves to feel how deeply our grief runs, we will never find our way out. However, by creating a ritual, we can create a container of safety. This is actually similar to how I was referring to therapeutic hypnosis. Because what the therapist does is they create a container of safety where we can allow ourselves to go deeply into how we really feel. I believe this is important. Because if we just keep pushing things away, we push our feelings away, we push away our fears, we push away our grief, then they just bottle up and they get <laughs> we get emotionally constipated. We cannot experience that state of flow because we've blocked it up inside us. We don't allow ourselves to feel. We don't allow ourselves to be present. We're constantly putting all of our energy into shoving things down. And by doing that,
1: we take away from our
0: ability to fully live.
1: Yes, that makes definitely sense. So Rachel, this is what's, what your first book is about, the rituals of release, making the space for a new life and cleaning things up so that there is room for new things to come in. But I know you also wrote another book, and this is called Navigating Life. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about <laughs> that. And I found a chapter that is very interesting. It's called Build Momentum. And I think this is really helpful in any area of life.
0: Oh, yes. Uh, the book, the, the full title is Navigating Life, Eight Different Strategies to Guide Your Way. The reason I wrote it is as I was going through life, I was looking at what I was doing and trying to figure out, okay, what is it that I am doing and what is it that I wish someone had told me when I was trying to create the life that I wanted to be living? And what I realized is that there are different areas that you need to address If you really want to make sustainable changes, I call them strategies because even though in the book I have what I call recipes of of how you do things, the truth is that it's not really a step by step, do do this, do this, do this, do this, and then you will be happy. It's more of an identification of these are areas where you need to develop strategies to address these challenges if you want to build that momentum. And they range from clearing out what other people have told you. How do you identify what you really want? How do you set up structures and systems in place in order to carry you when you're really not feeling motivated? When I talk about building momentum, it's so important to... Keep track of incremental progress. You're not going to change your life in a day. It's taken you this far to get where you are. Hopefully, it's not going to take this long to go somewhere else, but it's really easy to get frustrated if you don't see the change that you want immediately. Therefore, you need to put systems in place in order to both track your progress and encourage yourself to keep going when it feels like you still have a million miles to go.
1: Yes, that is a a good story. And I think everyone can relate to that and dealing with all these issues to move forward. And I think it really can help to have some strategies in place, as you said. So Actually, it's proven that you do have really a lot of knowledge in psychology and all around that, neuro-linguistic programming, as well as hypnosis. So when the listeners are interested in connecting with you, maybe have a coaching or talking to you, how is it best possible to connect with you, Rachel? Probably through my
0: website, which is com. On there, I do have links to a few online presentations that I've done. I also, I don't do a lot of one-on-one coaching on a long-term basis. When working with clients, I really love to work with the clients who are, they they know where they want to go, they know what they want to do, but there is just something that seems to be preventing them from getting into where they want to be. What I do is I end up setting very short term but intensive sessions that can be several hours in length where we sit down and we talk usually via Skype or phone and look at what are their internal protections that they don't recognize that are Doing what they think are in the person's best interests, but are preventing them from moving into that next level. And I love that recognition when the clients click and they understand, yes, that that was it. I hadn't realized that was going on. And I love being able to hold up that mirror To be able to show them from that slightly different angle what it was that part of them knew, but they just couldn't implement. And that's what I really love doing.
1: That sounds really helpful because I think implementation is the magic key. Just having the information is a beginning, but to make things happen and to get results, you have to implement things. So I'm sure you can help a lot of people. And I'm really happy that you were a guest today on my podcast and gave away some of your fantastic advice and tips and telling us about hypnosis. So. Maybe one day I'll bring you back on the podcast. But for today, thank you so much, Rachel, for being my guest. Thank you very much for inviting me. I have enjoyed this very much. Great. You're welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we really went deep tonight into hypnosis and the subconscious mind, and it was a lot that Rachel was sharing with us Maybe you feel inspired and would like to learn more about hypnosis and find out maybe from Milton Erickson and what he developed in hypnotherapy. You can do that by listening to an audiobook while you are driving to work or going to the gym and you can get an audiobook completely for free using my affiliate link for audiobooks in the show notes. Just look below this episode in the text and you will find the direct link to, yeah, try the service 30 days completely for free. Maybe you're curious what's awaiting you next week. I have on the show my guest Tyson Sharp from Australia. So really from down under, from my standpoint here in Munich. And we will talk about how to control the unconscious mind and he's sharing with us three money mindset secrets. Also, how to hack your brain and how to change your mindset. This is really an emotional episode and you won't miss that one. There's some great advice waiting for you. So, until next time, create some magic.